Hey travelers. travelers. I'm Taylor. I'm Cassie. And this, this is, is going, going past, past the veil. The veil. This one definitely caught my attention, and it's an ongoing case, too. And it's not about cannibalism. It is not about <laughs> cannibalism. I should have recorded when you said that. Let's let's tell them that. Yes, we're <laughs> Cassie, like I said, we're doing this blind episode, right? Cassie gets on and she sees the title of it from the recording that we're doing, and it says, Serving His Children. <laughs> Cassie thought she broke me. She thought I did something with cannibalism. Y'all know that's not me. <laughs> I know. And that's why I was like, Taylor wouldn't do an episode like that. I would do an episode like that. Everyone knows me well enough for that, but she wouldn't. What happened? <laughs> I broke Taylor. <laughs> nope. Nope. You did not. You did not break me. That's really funny, though. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode, you beautiful, lovely travelers. You. We really don't have any announcements this episode. So we're going to dive into our horoscope corner or horoscope time with Cassie. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of a mental health little quote for the day. So you ready, Cassie? I'm ready. All right. Kick it off. So we're going to start with Scorpio. That's me. Once you've set your own health goals, you will inevitably compare your health habits to other people's. This is natural in the beginning and can be either encouraging or discouraging. The goal is really to focus on yourself and refrain from comparison or judgment. Just take yourself and your goals seriously. If it helps, write down your intentions for the day and check them off at night. Reward yourself for healthy behavior, perhaps with a nice bubble bath. Okay, this speaks to me on every single level of every level that I have. <laughs> like, you know how my levels have like extra levels? Yeah, like sub-levels. Yeah, it's on those levels. It's 100% <laughs> on those sub-levels. Or those levels. So, yeah, no, I really like this, especially with me trying to take off with my yoga and, like, health career. Yeah. Not health career, but my yoga career and then trying to be healthier to my body. And especially because when I'm learning more about yoga, it talks about yoga often on the mat. And it talks about being healthy in your mind and your body. So that really helps. I really like that. And I do compare myself to others. Um, actually, I compare myself to you, Cass. Because you're doing, like, amazing, amazing. And so I'm like, I want to be like Cassie. Don't compare yourself to me. I'm going to, no, I'm going to keep comparing myself to you. But I am also going to follow up with those bubble baths because I do that all the time. In fact, I just got a really cool new soap called Persephone's Kiss. Ooh. Yeah, it's amazing. And Tucker likes it too. So he uses it in his baths. And <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that's me. I really like that. That was a good one, Cass. All right. Next is Gemini. That's you. Today offers a good opportunity to rein in your desire to look for satisfaction elsewhere. Try aiming to be satisfied with your own body. This could take work in many areas of your life, not just diet and exercise, but acceptance of your own body is a lifelong issue and you will serve yourself well if you can open up to what you truly feel about it. The day's planetary aspect will help you see the truth beneath a protective shell of denial. That is yeah. <laughs> yeah I obviously have always had issues with like how I feel about the way I look and that's also something Ian has been like really fighting for me to kind of like get past because I always have such like a negative outlook on how I look well and see that's what I was just saying though like you are just an amazing person inside and out and I feel like 
you're starting to feel that. And so it's, it's the mental aspect of it is going into the physical aspect of Mm -hmm. it. Cause like, I will never look at somebody and tell them that they don't look good on the outside because that's just not true. Like, it's just so important and something that I'm really, really starting to focus on that. Like our mental health goes into our physical health. So, you know, you know it in your brain, you know, how gorgeous you are and how amazing you are. And then like the other day, you know what, we're going to post a picture of how you look the other day because you just like, you were feeling yourself and it felt so amazing to see you like that. Like, oh, it was just so good to see you like that. Yeah. I was, I was feeling good. (laughs) You were. And so like it translated to like your outside appearance, which again, it doesn't matter what you look like on your outside appearance. It's how you feel on the inside, but your insides will come out to the outside as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing. All right. And our last one is Pisces. And I chose Pisces because I believe like yesterday was the new moon in Pisces. Yeah. So here we go. There may be more on your list than you feel like you can ever accomplish. Don't be discouraged because you can't do everything or because you can't become the best at something by tomorrow. Becoming overwhelmed will hinder your progress. The goal is to slowly open up to the voice inside of you that intuitively knows what is right at any given time in your life. Health practices come and go. The point is to remain mindful so that you can sense when your needs need to change. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it's so easy to become overwhelmed trying to do everything that you think needs to be done. Like, not even health-wise. Yesterday, the house is a mess because we've all been so busy with work and trying to keep everything else done that we've kind of let everything get, like, dusty and there's dog hair and, you know normal crap but i i lost it yesterday i've been doing so good with like meditating and like really getting in control of my emotions but i took one look at the living room yesterday and i just instantly my mood like plummeted and i was so angry that's that's me that's me today actually like I have just been so frustrated and just disgusted by the way our house looks that I'm the same thing as you. I just lost it. And I have been doing good too, like you said, but sometimes, you know, our anxiety is in different um, forms Mm -hmm. and having your house in disarray or what you feel is disarray can be a form of your anxiety acting up. Yeah. So that's, you know, um, I have a question for you and our listeners. So listeners, let me know what you think. I got into an argument with Ian yesterday because we have a dog and we have all hardwood floors so the build oh and we also have a chinchilla and let me tell you those things shed like a mother um it's everywhere it's in the air (laughs) um if you have all of these things that produce fur and dust should you sweep every day um so when okay you say that as i'm looking at a hairball from duke right now Uh, so my dog is very very like he sheds but his kind of come in waves he's a lab but when we had our our bunny rabbit here i felt like i had to vacuum every day and i don't know i feel like yeah but no like it really just depends on how much it is like i especially with alice she has allergies really bad so i tried to do it daily right and that's also something else is all three of us here have allergies and asthma 
Yeah, so it should definitely be a sweeping kind of situation daily or vacuuming, depending on the floors that you have. Um, I also, that's why I'm trying to save up for like a, a one of those little vacuums that vacuum on its own. Dude, I ordered one yesterday in my oh, anger. Smart. Yes. It- <laughs> okay, okay. It, what is your love language? Doing things that I ask you to do without me asking a million times. Okay, so, qual- um, yeah, so acts of service. Okay, <laughs> so then when you're mad, what do you do? I do it myself. Okay, but do you clean and, like, do services, like, basically, or acts? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so my love language is gifts, right? So when I'm mad, I go and buy stuff. Like, (laughs) it's just, but it's funny because, yes, because that is, like, a huge thing. You get so frustrated. You get so angry with the way that you're, like, it's just, it's, again, it goes back to mental stuff. Like, whatever is going on in your brain is contributing to the outside thing. And it makes me upset because I don't want the kids to see my house like a mess and be like, oh, this is how we're going to always have our house a mess. Like, I don't want that. But it's so hard when I'm working 40 plus hours a week and then I have to get them to school, pick them up, you know, do dinner or figure out dinner or get groceries or whatever. I'm just exhausted. And so when I ask for help, like, help me. Like, Right. And that's how I felt when I ordered. It was like an off-brand Roomba. It was like $120. But I was like, you know what? If the humans in this place are not going to help me, I'm going to get a robot to help me. Yes. 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 I'm actually, yeah, I will be saving up for one. I am 100% going to get one. Because it's it's worth it, I feel like. And we did have one that uh, um, was like from Aldi. So it was like $15. And Duke destroyed it. But it wasn't one of the heftier ones. It was very like flimsy and it really didn't pick up well and so when he destroyed it i was like yeah sounds about right like i was just like it wasn't doing anything anyway i'm not expecting the world out of this one because it was like 120 dollars, whereas some of like the name brand ones were like 500 so i'm like okay so it's not going to be like the best but it's got to help somewhere right right but see i can't i cannot justify spending 500 dollars on a vacuum oh hello Like you said, it is a robot one, and it's helpful and stuff like that. So yeah, and and they're they're really smart. According to Amazon, like this thing will like you set up where it needs to go, and if it bumps into things, it just kind of like resets its track, and it just keeps going, and it knows when its battery is running low, and it'll take itself back to its charging port. <laughs> yes, See, that's what like- I want. <laughs> Or what is it that I've seen on TikTok when they're like, they get an alert to their phone that says like they can name their robot and it's like, so-and-so is stuck. (laughs) Or like, so-and-so has fallen off a cliff. It's like, what cliff? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. See, I would love that. That's why I need one. All right. Well, you know what? I think that went into mental health. So I think we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Because it did. We were talking about, you know what? It works for today, guys. It works. Yes. Okay, let's dive into today's case. So this is, I think, one of my last true crime ones, but I'm not sure because we got to talk and figure out what comes next. But here we go. So this story is about, and you may have seen it on TikTok, it's about the facility called Serving His Children. No, it is not cannibalism, Cassie. It is not. It is actually um, a nonprofit organization to help malnourished children. Which sounds great, right? But Mm -hmm. there's some issues, and we're going to talk about those issues. So we start off in 2009 when Renee Bach moved halfway across the world to Uganda from her small hometown in Virginia. Now, Renee Bach was a homeschooled child. She um, 
graduated with a high school diploma and then decided to go to Uganda. So she didn't go to college, which I doesn't matter. People don't have to go to college. But in this instance, for the things that she was doing and performing, she should have gone to um, a medical college. Okay? Just keep that in mind. Renee started off this organization... Uh, by giving free meals to families in need because when she had went and she had done a missionary trip she really did see there were there was a you know obviously there was a limited amount of food there was a lot of malnourished children and it was just it there needed to be help right which is great do that help people Mm -hmm. um so she started off by giving free meals to families in need but this turned down a pretty dark path when she started to offer free medical treatment to the malnourished children she both <clears throat> she offered both inpatient and outpatient treatment for the children, as well as getting community engagement programs aimed at breaking the horrible epidemic of malnourishment. Again, sounds great. It sounds like a wonderful. The website that they had up for um, the facility was plastered with Bible verses, donations needed, and of course, photos of the children in Uganda. The children on the site were the children affected by malnourishment. They had, you know, the telltale signs. They had sunken eyes, protruding ribs, and their small little bellies were bloated. And it's horrible, and it's sad. And they they really did. They needed somebody. They needed someone, but not Renee, okay? Serving his children, or S.A. SHC worked with local doctors, nurses, and claims to have had a pretty successful rate in children treating the children. The website has the success stories and before and after photos of the young children, as well as displayed on their social media outlets. Now, before I keep going, Cassie, have you heard about this? No, not at all. Okay. Score. Okay. So, well, not a score. See, I get. I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. I, yeah, but here's the thing. I get so excited, and then people are going to think I'm just crazy. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, woohoo! But it's, okay. Anyway. <laughs> In a perfect world, this would be, like, the best news ever, right? However, at the end of this time with Bach, we will have seen 105 children die. Aww. Not... Yeah, not the kind of story you really want, but it is something we need to hear and help to avoid for future incidents. Because just like the Gabriel Fernandez um, episode I did, some of this could have been avoided and it could have been stopped and it wasn't. So let's go back to 2009. As I stated earlier, Renee went to Uganda and started SHC. She was feeding around a thousand children a week. So that's, that's a pretty large amount of children. Mm -hmm. Um, So she was, she was getting them fed and getting them taken care of uh, meal wise. And in the fall of 2009, Bach was first contacted by a local pediatric hospital who wanted to give them resources or aid of some sort. So it sounds like it's going good, right? So she's there. She's getting these kids fed, which is great. Um, and, and is being reached out to now by other people who want to help her. So in 2011, SHC started their rehabilitation center. So this was the inpatient and outpatient center that I was talking to you about earlier. Mm-hmm. And by this time, there were three nurses on staff, but still no doctor. However, uh, SHC soon was able to get more nurses, nutritionists, and welcomed two doctors to come and help out at the center. So they're off to a good start. They've got people there. I mean, it sounds like a dream come true. Until the white savior, I'm sorry, white savior mentality kind of takes effect. Mm. And um, 
for those not familiar with this white savior complex, um, that, hold on, hold on. That is when a white person provides help to non-white people in a self-serving manner. So in 2019, so 10 years after starting the program, Box stepped down from her role as the director to return to the United States and volunteer to help fundraise for the team in Uganda. So sounds awesome, right? We got, we got some doctors on staff. We got some nurses. Thousands of children are being fed and, and you know, are, are getting treatment for their malnourishment. But nay, nay, nope, nope. She would no longer practice medicine, which keep that in mind. And she will announce the ending of SHC the following year, 2020. So 2019, SHC would claim to have treated thousands of cases of malnourishment successfully. However, Bach, yeah, she only had a high school diploma, which again is fine, but she had no formal medical training, but she was seen as the doctor of the center and she was a, she was said to have performed blood transfusions. Attempt, oh. Yeah. And had given HIV and AIDS diagnosis along with other medical procedures that needed a degree to be done. Oh, oh yeah. And during this time, she wasn't being overseen by any doctor. So double, triple, yikes, whammy, whatever you want to call it, there's something starting to stack up against her. Okay. So it's pretty disgusting if you ask me. And not only that, but Miss Bach she ignored the whole universal practice of washing her hands and wearing gloves. So uh. she was, yeah. So she was treating children. She was doing blood transfusions. She was telling them if they had AIDS or HIV diagnoses. She was doing all type of other procedures, not under a doctor's diagnosis and not wearing gloves or washing her hands. And that was told by workers of the facility. So they were, they were all kind of confirming that. She also was said to defy the orders of the actual doctors and believe that God would just instruct her on how to take care of the kids exactly, medically or not, that God was going to tell her if they needed a blood transfusion or not. That's so, not how that works. Right. <laughs> right. She also said that she had these gut feelings that would guide her on the path of treatment, which, okay, let me stop. I totally believe in the gut feelings aspect of it, but Renee was under this white savior mentality she's playing doctor so i don't know if her gut feelings were true gut feelings you know what i mean like yeah I, like what yeah i just i don't and i'm a big person on instincts and your gut feelings but i just not when someone's medical like side and their life is in your hands yeah it's not you and it's not your children it's not your family it's like it's pretty dis it's it's disgusting she she thought that she was better basically and that you know she was running this facility so she could totally do what she wanted to do and it's just it's horrible it is so horrible and renee has been recorded as saying that she did work alongside the doctors to manage administer iv drips which okay i feel like just because you don't have a degree doesn't mean you can't do some things like ivs or blood draws i mean i was trained at a school to do blood draws like i went to a medical assisting school and, and I, I I learned that. But what I'm saying is that you cannot play doctor without a degree. Like I get right. yeah. And, and I get tons of people going and taking a small like training class to be a phlebotomist, which essentially is just somebody sitting there who's just showing you how to do a blood draw. Like 
Like right. those things are there. You don't have to go to a fancy school to learn that. You can go to programs that are like days long. Like the, it's there and then you learn a lot of it on the job. Like I felt like I learned a lot of my medical assisting when I was in the field. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you can't do it without a degree. I'm just saying you can't be a doctor without a degree. Yeah. Doctors study for what, like seven years to get their license? Ten. Ten. Thank you. You you looked that up, didn't you, while we were talking? No. Uh, there's a couple doctors in Ian's family. Oh, dang. Girl, I was like, you're so good. And it just, it takes a lot of hard work and studying to do what they do. You can't just come out of high school and say, hey, I'm a doctor now. Like, that's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> not um, at all. <laughs> now, again, I feel like some of the stuff, like blood draws, whatever, like you could learn that from nurses and, and, and kind of do that if it's medically needed and you don't have someone else that's there to do it. And it's like a matter of life and death. I mean, yeah, that a blood draw or an IV, that's different. But but being a doctor and making diagnosis and doing blood transfusion. But being a doctor, you just, you have to have the right training. Yeah. So that's, that's my uh, TED talk for the day. A social worker also stated that Bach would encourage, okay, this pisses me off. She would encourage Uganda mothers to escape from children hospitals with their children to just bring to her in the center so that she could care for them. So she would, and this has been confirmed by quite a few people as well. She would like come up with a plan or arrange like um, transportation for them to get them out of there and bring them to her. Uh. Right. I'm like, what? So <clears throat> now Bach would wear a stethoscope and a white clinic coat while caring for children, which I mean, if you see somebody like that, right, you see somebody wearing a medical coat you they, just kind of trust them. You're, you're going to assume they're a doctor, right? And I, okay, so here's my thing with that. When we took my daughter to the hospital, um, when she had had, like, she was kind of having symptoms of, like, RSV, which when she had RSV, she was hospitalized for three days. So we, we were really anxious when she started showing these signs. We took her to the hospital from a doctor's advice he told us to. And when we got to the hospital, you know, we had somebody come in the room and they introduced themselves as just their first name, which that that's kind of common too. sometimes with certain doctors. They won't say, oh, I'm Dr. So-and-so. They'll say, oh, I'm Ted or, you know, whatever. And so I'm sitting there and, you know, he's giving me all this medical advice. He does a couple procedures on Alice and we, we find out that she's got a pretty severe UTI. So we have to go get medicine that night for her. Okay. And we can't wait till the morning. We have to go at two o'clock in the morning to a 24 hour place and get our medicine. The problem though, I remember is when leaving, I said, doctor, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much for helping us. Um, you know, what else can I do? Well, you know, whatever. And he told me if it keeps happening, bring her back tomorrow morning. Well, unfortunately, Allie got worse throughout the night, even with taking that medicine. So we had to take her and I saw a different doctor. But as I was there that day, I saw the doctor from the night before and I was talking to the doctor that had come into the room and I was like, oh, Dr. So-and-so had helped us last night. Can we grab him so we can explain this to him? And she goes, that's, that's not a doctor. And I was like, what? She goes, that's not a doctor. That's like a nurse practitioner, which is kind of on that ledge of being a doctor. Oh, well, okay. So I'm going to stop you real quick. I, every time that I've seen a doctor and then turn around and saw like their nurse practitioner, 
mm-hmm. I 100% trust the nurse practitioner yes. more than the doctor because they are still more focused on their training and their learning. And they're more likely to have recently learned or done some with that than the doctor. I 100% agree. My only problem with this, though, is that I was calling, and it's kind of the same thing we talked about with the parental instincts and stuff from the last episode. I'm fine seeing a nurse practitioner if it's me, and I'm fine with my kids seeing a nurse practitioner, but I would have rather known it was a nurse practitioner. Yeah. Because I was calling this person doctor, like, over and over again. Like, stop me and just say, oh, you know, actually, I'm also a nurse practitioner. Which, again, I don't care because you still would have seen my daughter because he did. He caught something very serious for her and Mm -hmm. took care of her when a doctor probably would have been like, ah, just go home. It's a small virus. Like, no, he caught it. And and I still appreciate him and I still asked for him. I was like, okay, well, I still want him over here, like, to help us, you know. But my whole thing with that is if you are being assumed as a doctor, you should probably say, I'm not a doctor, but these are my credentials, right? Mm-hmm. Bach didn't do that. She knew she was being, con- like, uh, like around the town, she was considered the white doctor. And it was no surprise to her that people felt like she was. Like, many of the workers there said the same thing, that they would tell her, like, you know, you're seen as a doctor, and she would just laugh and wouldn't correct anybody. And then started wearing the white clinic coat and walking around like she owned the place. Anyway, sorry. She makes me really aggravated. Her, though, like, she wasn't even a nurse or a medical assistant or anything. She was just a high school graduate. Right. Which, again, you can just be a high school graduate and get the training for a job that you want. But not when it comes to the medical expenses of somebody, especially the children, like, Mm -hmm. who, who can't advocate for themselves. And you've got this parent thinking you're a doctor calling you doctor and you're not you're not uh correcting yourself like you just yeah which there is a part at the end i'm gonna tell you her side too so you're gonna hear what she says too and i totally could just be being a bitch right now but that's how i feel it all came to a head though when bach and serving his children were served themselves (laughs) see what i did there (laughs) were served themselves and told that they were being sued in the civil court by two mothers who claimed their children died due to the care they received in SHC. The lawsuit was filed in the High Court of Uganda on January 21st by the Women's Pro Bono Initiative, which is an advocacy group that provides free legal services to women and girls in Uganda, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, that is so cool, especially because out there there's a lot of, you know, there's not that many, I I don't feel like women's rights. And I I would need to look into that more before I could actually say that, but that's just kind of what it, the outside looks like i'm not saying it is i need to research it more but that's from the outside looking in that's what it looks like right and i could totally be wrong but that's just how i feel so it's really cool that there's a group like that they're seeking accountability and the enforcement of human rights for shc they are also seeing some monetary like they're also seeking some monetary damage for the two mothers who lost their children The first mother in this lawsuit, and I'm so sorry because I'm probably going to say the name wrong and I apologize, is Zubera Gimbo. And after bringing her three-year-old son to the center, so the same age as Alice, same age as Alice, Cassie, Mm -hmm. um, he was diagnosed as malnourished. Three days later, the mother was called and informed that her son had passed away at the center. (sighs) So... So the mom's not there. The mom is in her village taking care of all the other duties that she has and entrusting these people to take care of her son. The woman who had taken the son for her there brought the son's body back 
returned it to the family, and was given shillings that equaled $13.50 in American currency. The mother was left without any explanation as to what had happened to him and and didn't know, like, where to go from there. All she knows is, here's your son, here's his body, oh, and here's $13.50 in American currency. Like, do with that what? So they basically said his life was worth $13.50, which I think equals out to about 50,000 shillings in Uganda. So, I mean, that's a lot out there. But looking at it from our point of view, that you have this white savior mentality woman, her whole facility giving you $13.50 worth of American currency when this woman is from America. And I'm sorry, you probably have more than that that you could give. Yeah. That's what you're saying that this boy's life is. So now again, okay, we're, I'm going to tell you box side of it, but ugh, it's just frustrating. But in reply to the accusations, Bach replied that she was not even in the country when the child was in the facility and that he was in the care of a doctor and the nurses there. Now, this was proven correct. She was not there. Um, she was able to produce her passport and copies of the patient records, and it did declare that um, she was in the, like, in the United States at the time that this had happened. However, I'm going to still go back to like this one. Okay. I'm going to tell you my feelings on that particular person in the lawsuit. I feel horrible that her child passed away. I feel horrible that she was given $13 and 50 cents essentially to do mm-hmm. this. And she was left with nothing, like no, no explanation of how it happened. It should that that's not okay. And it shouldn't happen like that. But when it comes to Bach, I don't think she can technically be in trouble for that because she wasn't there. Now she could be, in trouble because she technically is the director there and this is her facility like you should know what's going on especially like tell them what happened to her like yeah but that's that's where we're going now a midwife who had been working there as the head nurse at hsc since 2010 was recorded as saying the child suffered from acute malnutrition associated with severe malaria and was also quoted as saying that he was given the best possible care. So we just, we don't know on this one. It is really hard to say if legally, from a legal standpoint, if she could be in, in, in trouble for that. You know what I mean? Right. As much as I want her to be in trouble. Um. So what are your thoughts on the first child, Cass? I do think, like, she wasn't there. Yeah, she was the director and should have been, like, told what was going on. But it isn't her care or her lack of knowledge that resulted in the child passing. And if what the nurses like reported saying like this, the the acute malnutrition with malaria, that can kill people. And no matter what a doctor does, if it's after a certain point, there's not much that can be done. Right. And that's 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 where I am kind of with you on this one, too. There's not, you you just, you don't really know. And that could be the same for a lot of the children that died under her care or under the care of the facility. You know, you're going in, these are children that are are malnourished. Like there, at some point you can't save everybody, but some of it, some of it is questionable. We're actually going to go ahead and go to the second mother listed on the lawsuit. And again, I'm very sorry if I say your name incorrectly, but I believe it is Annette Kakai. She was in her village in 2018 when she was introduced to a woman named Fatuma. Again, I could say that wrong. I'm so sorry. Who worked at SHC. Now, at the time, the mom didn't know that she worked for the center. She was just being approached by her. Um, 
The mother was convinced by Fatuma to take her one-year-old son to the facility in order to get the proper nutrition. Um, and it's quoted as saying to, to receive food and get some fat on him. So obviously he was probably a smaller and um, could possibly be malnourished. The mother said that they first went to a medical facility that was not in relation to SHC. And her son was diagnosed with TB or tuberculosis. Okay. Okay. So then the mother decided to take her son to SHC again after being convinced uh, where a woman who we later learn is Bach took her baby and went into a room with him for about an hour alone and then came back and returned the baby to, to the mom. She then told Bach that, or I'm sorry, Bach then told the mom that she should return the next day to go over treatment and what to do. When the mother returned with the one-year-old, they were transported to a government-run center where health workers checked her son's weight, gave him some milk, and monitored him. They were in the center for two days and then discharged. The driver from SHC then picked him up and took him back to his the facility and then gave them equivalent, okay, gave them the equivalent of $1 United States of currency or, you know, American currency. Mm-hmm. To figure out a way to get home. Oh, my God. So it's like, yeah, I'll pick you up. I'll bring you back to my facility. But here's a dollar. Go figure out how to get home. I just, ugh. It, I don't know. And and maybe maybe this is more, like, ethical than than legal. But it's just this person is just not a good person. Yeah. Um, now they, when they returned. Oh, let me see here. Sorry. So in the following week, I think it actually said three days, the little boy became so weak that the mom had to take him to a local hospital where he was given medication, but unfortunately could not keep this medication down, was throwing up, very lethargic, it was not looking very great, and he died three days later. So the mother said that she very strongly believes that Bach and her staff were to blame. She said that they might must have done something to have led him to his death, especially because she feels like Yes, he had tuberculosis and was a little underweight, but he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. It's her thing. But but we don't know because we weren't there. We, we really don't know. The mom does say, and I quote, I feel like his life was snatched from my arms by the actions of Miss Renee Bach, unquote. She hopes that the court can give her some sort of justice when it comes to her son. In response to that allegation, Miss Bach is said to have never had a Fatuma working for SHC. She said there was nobody there by that name ever. And she said that the facility was actually shut down at the time, and that's why they had to go to that other facility. She said that the child did not receive treatment from SHC, so she doesn't have any records or anything in regards to him. So she can't say, but she did take him at SHC and take him to another room, but she has nothing on him. So we okay. don't know what was done in that other room. We, we just don't know. Which, could it have been something that can make him pass away less than a week later? I don't know because I wasn't there. But it's just, I think it is a little, uh, it's a little iffy for both of these cases. Yeah. She just, she goes on to say that, of course, there's no records on her, the child. She can't really speak to that. And because it was shut down, that's why they referred him to a hospital where he could be treated for his TB. So as the case was investigated, more, though, did come to light. Former workers stated that they witnessed Bach appearing to portray as a medical professional, you know, go into rooms and say, this is what I'm going to do 
procedure wise, this is what you're diagnosed with, you know, doing everything a regular doctor would do. And more workers came forward and confirmed other allegations, such as Bach pushing and encouraging mothers to escape hospitals. Like one worker said that he's heard her multiple times talking to a parent and saying, this is what we're going to do. You need to leave right now. Bring them here to me. Like I'll take care of them. One worker said that he had seen this and had seen her wearing a white clinical coat along with treating children medically on a daily basis. So there are quite a few people that have come forward and like I said, on record have said, yes, she did do medical procedures on children. She did take care of them and, and give them diagnosis, things again that a doctor would do. I don't think you're legally allowed to give a diagnosis. Right. Not, like you, you shouldn't do that. So like I said, a lot of this, a lot of people blame this entire thing because there was other children who did pass away which again some of them it could have been like you said it could have been that they didn't get there until super late and there was nothing that you could do for them kind of thing and so you can make them comfortable and you can love on them i don't know it's uh, it's such a it's such a tricky thing because it's like well did she legally do anything wrong to these two children that are you know the moms are suing or was it just bad work ethic like right you know, and claiming to be a doctor, I do 100% think she needs to be in trouble with that. But she has denied all of it. She's like, nope, I never diagnosed anybody. No, I never did blood transfusions. No, I never said I was a doctor. Anytime I've ever introduced myself, it was as a director of the center. But that's not true because, again, workers came forward and said she would not really introduce herself. She's wearing all this stuff, and so you're going to assume she's a doctor. Now, she did admit that she was doing IV and blood draws on people, but that was under the discretion of a doctor, and the doctor was there with her the entire time. Hmm. Again, that is something that I'm like, it's kind of... That's a gray area, because I feel like you could get the proper training with that. Right. Or you could go to a school. Like, there's... there's eh, I don't know about that one. But, again, they said a lot of times there wasn't a doctor there, and she was doing it on her own. <sighs> anyway, this case is still ongoing. There, And I hope to make, like, when there's final decisions made, I hope to be able to kind of, like, make an update on this. But, again, I don't I don't know how they can get her with the, with the two moms in those cases. Right. Um, now, I did read an article where they said that there's other children of the 105 that could come forward and could could get her in big trouble because of things that she did. But people, you know, it's a lot of people don't want to come forward and they don't want to, like, rehash this. I mean, especially if it's your baby kind of thing. So I don't know. I don't know. She is not a good person, though, and I don't feel like she should be doing anything with anybody in that manner. Right. Yeah. If you don't have the training, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't. Especially medical. Like, I'm still stuck on that. I'm still stuck on having this mentality that you're a doctor. And and she says, she also said that she has never, ever, I don't know if I said this, that she's never, ever put on a clinical coat. She said she doesn't own one. She's never worn one. She has worn a stethoscope at times, but she's never worn a clinical coat to portray herself as a doctor. But again, so many people, including different parents and even the ones of the successful kids have said she, she would wear the coat. So right. I'm like, well, right there, you just flat out lied. Like, I don't know. Why lie? Why be a crappy person? Who knows? Like, just don't be that. Just don't be that person. Don't be a jerk. Be kind. And gosh. Oh my goodness. She did settle. I'm sorry. I thought this was ongoing. So she's apologized to the moms. She has said that she was sorry and that she's not going to come back to Uganda and she would not be involved in any type of medical practice in any country anymore. And she did settle. Hmm. Did she settle for it? Part of the lawsuit... 
Oh, it's because, like I said, volunteers and staffers all had to describe incidents where they witnessed Bach making, you know, the different medical decisions and medical procedures, often without supervision. And Bach disputed some of those accounts, but at times she would just sit very, very quietly while they talked about it. Well, at least it's settled and she won't be practicing anymore. Oh, yeah. And I did read this. So the American and Uganda members of an advocacy group called No White Saviors, I I was on their website earlier today looking at that. They helped connect the mothers to the advocacy group that helped them. But they're, like, there's this huge thing in Uganda where they don't want any type of white savior mentality people helping. Like they're trying to like stop that. So I guess it's a pretty big thing over there. Yeah. Hmm. It talks about how the agreement for settling the case that Bach and uh, her nonprofit serving his children have agreed to pay about 9500 to each of the mothers with no admission of liability. So they're kind of settling it as saying, like, we're going to head and we're going to say that, you know, yes, it's unfortunate that this happened. Here is some money to help you with that and be done with it. But it's just, it's crazy to me. It's Those two cases, it is kind of hard to prove that she was negligent. So yeah but it's good that i put it out there and it's made her realize like hey you can't be acting like this right yeah that's my episode for today crazy did you like that one or no yeah i mean i didn't like the the like what she was doing but it was a good episode (laughs) that was true yeah it makes me sad it makes me really sad and that's what i'm like i had such a good one with the hopefulness and then i go right back to this but at least it wasn't <laughs> cannibalism like you thought so oh uh, yeah I, okay <laughs> so just to recap guys i also want to remind you that cassie does have a surprise for us coming and you guys are gonna love it and you're gonna be so excited um it is gonna take a little bit of work though with everything she's got to do with it but we're excited for you guys to find out the big surprise yay thank you guys so much for joining us on this crazy ride you can find us on Instagram at Going Past the Veil, Twitter at Past Veil, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Going Past the Veil with Taylor and Cassie, where you can support us for starting at $3 a month with early access to episodes and bonus episodes. You can check out our website at Going Past the Veil with Taylor and Cassie.weebly.com, where you can get a quick link to our Patreon and our Teespring merch page. We hope to see you next time, and we hope you keep listening. Travel safe. Bye. Adios. Everything was working at the start I still remember dancing